0: you doing the introduction? That's a good question. Um... Welcome to Anthelor, the catalogs and archives of myths, legends, and folklore. Uh, today we're going to be talking about flood myths. Um... Anybody care to elaborate <laughs> on that?
1: Well, you see, a flood is when <laughs> water rises too high. Oh, it's rough.
0: Yeah. So, just talking about how the world ended by floods, uh, who would like to, uh, start us off?
2: I guess I'm the most prepared at the moment, I've got a freaking book sitting in front of me. Go for it. So, I'm gonna read you guys the flood myth uh, about Tata and Nina from the Aztec uh, flood myth. (coughs) Hmm. During the area. la 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 la, sorry. During the era of the fourth sun, the, the sun of water, the people grew wicked and ignorant and worshipped. La, 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 la. Okay, maybe. We can <laughs> I can't read.
3: I don't know that we can edit this because we're doing a different platform, so.
1: It's okay. Everyone knows this is a. This is us. This, this is, is us. Yeah, this is us. Start on, on NBC. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why people cry when they watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Start over. Come okay, on. Okay, let's try it. this one more time.
0: <laughs> Don't feel like you have to read it word for word. Maybe you can just... Right. I
2: can on. probably summarize and just follow this. <clears throat> so, during the ruling of the fourth son, the son of water, or the god of water, grew angry at his humans for um, being ignorant and, you know... With, uh being wicked and he decided that he was going to flood the entire world. And so this God's name is Talak. He decided that he was going to tell his two most favorite humans, Tata and Nina, that he was going to flood the world. And if they emptied out a specific tree and lived in it, that they would be safe by the time the world returned to normal, but he was going to kill everyone and everything else. And so they did that. <clears throat> so Tata and Nina entered the tree trunk with two ears of corn, and it began to rain. When the rain subsided and Tata and Nina's log landed on dry land, they were so happy that they caught a fish and ate it, contrary to the orders of Dalak. It was only after their stomachs were full and they remembered the lock's command. The lock appeared to them and said, this is how I am repaid for saving your lives. They were then changed into dogs. It was at this point where even the most righteous people were disobedient that the gods destroyed the world, ushering the present era to the fifth son. So, Were they brother and sister? Were they twins? What, who it were they it actually now? doesn't say who they are They just said that they were the most devoted To hmm. Pelag. Hmm.
3: Just
2: curious. Okay. I'm also curi- I'm, I'm also interested in who they were To this hmm. god But according to this myth He was just Impressed by the two of them And picked the two of them
3: Good cool. to know. All right, it sounded like a little bit like mine, so that's why I was just curious. Got mine zoomed in. So, do you want to go, Brian?
1: <clears throat> I suppose. I suppose. So. Now I'm going off of some spark notes I looked up real quick before I left because <laughs> I did, you know, I did this a while ago and stuff, and I was like, oh, I forgot a lot of this. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if I, you know, you are a veritable well. Well, get it, water, huh? Of information, uh, anyways. And you're probably sick of Gilgamesh, anyways. You've dealt with, you've dealt with the guy Everybody so much. Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, story of not entirely Gilgamesh because it's just kind of that's an introduction in a in a postscript to this story. So Gilgamesh, who's like really sad because he's like, I'm gonna die, and that sucks. And like, okay, get over it, buddy. Uh, everybody has to go through this. But he's special, so he's on a quest to remedy that situation. So he finds himself uh, meeting up with Utnapishtim. I'm sure accurate uh, pronunciation of that. <laughs> okay? So uh, Utnapishtim uh, told him the story of this great flood and how he, you know... Uh, gained uh, everlasting life, and became one with the gods. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Utnapishtim was, (laughs) he was the king of Shrupak. There we go. Um, And he's just, you know, doing his thing, doing his thing. Um, But there was a secret god council because they were not happy with folks. They were not happy with the way things were going. Um, All right, and Here's some of the roster for the gods, okay? Mm -hmm. You got Anu, who's the god of the firmament, which I'm not entirely sure at the moment what firmament means. Up. Up, there you go. He's the god (laughs) of a really sad uh, Pixar movie. Okay. Um, There's uh, Ninurta, the god of war and wells, you know, which kind of, there you go, war and wells. Um Ha! Ah, War of the World, H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. It all works out. Okay, there's Enlil, uh, the god of earth, wind, and fire. Oh, no, air. <laughs> See, there you go. Ah, September is a jam. Okay. Uh, Enugi, the the god of irrigation and clever digs. Okay, that's because irrigation, right? Digs. Okay. Uh, there's no, uh, E.A. Sport. No, E.A., I believe is the pronunciation, that one's just E-A, but Ea, I think. Um, so Ea is the god of wisdom and crafts. They're uh, quite clever. So Enlil, that was the homie that ordered the flood, right? Because Enlil's like, we got to get these, these guys get gotta get got. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry if I sound like Porky Pig there. <laughs> it's kind of a run-on sentence. Okay, so Enlil wanted to wipe out all these fools, right? But Ea was like, What? This is, this is not fair. This is unfair justice, okay? So Ea would not be a fan of the modern uh, prison system. Uh, that, is a, that is a fact. So Ea warned Ut not peached him, okay? And was like, Hey, you gotta build a big boat. It's a, it's a big one. I don't remember the specifics, but it's big. There's
3: lots of specifics there. Yeah.
1: For the family and the seeds of each living thing. Which, if you take that literally, it could get really messy. Okay? <laughs> and kind of gross. Okay? But we're just going to take it as plants. Okay? <clears throat> so, seeds of every living thing. And, uh, on A's advice, him through a big old party, like a rager, right? And made all these promises, like, Oh, man! It's, gonna, it's like, it's, you know, it's like modern promise, you know, modern politics, you know? I'm going to give you everything, you know, and stuff. And it's like, wait, what?! You know, hoodwinked. Everyone gets hoodwinked. That's what happens. So, um, you know, he was a sad boy, uh, because he was a king, and he's like, Man, I'm literally just... All my people are gonna die, everyone's gonna die, and I'm just like, Oh, you're building a boat for me, and you'll get all this stuff. And, uh, so yeah. Um, he gives his house to the guy who's the caulker, which is... I know I'm immature, but it's still a funny word. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so the guy, the caulker guy, he cocks the boat and stuff, seals him in so he 's safe and stuff, and he 's like, "You can have my house you 're going to be dead in a week sorry uh, and he leaves right <clears throat> and uh Ishtar, oh so sad, Ishtar wept for her children, you know, commonly associated with with love and war, otherwise people you know love and war haha um this uh, she would not be this sad until her movie would just bomb at the bottom. Ishtar, one of the worst movies. Mm, really? Uh, bad, yeah. people. Yeah. It's remarkably bad. People talk about it. Oh, Ishtar. Terrible flop. Okay. Uh, I'd be sad, too, if I were a god and there was a movie called Ishtar that was that bad. Okay. Anyways, I don't know if you've heard this before, but a boat got stuck <laughs> on a mountain. You know? Might sound similar to other, other stories. Okay, so this boat gets stuck on a mountain, right? So Utnapishtim... It's like, hey, I got to throw away some birds because they got to find some land. first bird was a dove, right? Yep. The problem was the dove cried, came back, <laughs> all right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Taking your uh,
3: liberties with this story.
1: Hey, hey, hey! It's all—it's all true. It's all true. I'm just being colorful. Okay. Purple, to be specific. Oh, okay. So the second bird was a swallow. <clears throat> I don't want to even go there. So, swallow came back. All right. The third one was a raven, and everyone knows—you know—ravens are tougher and cooler and stuff. So the raven found some land. So Tim, which I think I'm getting the, the hang of the name now. <laughs> <clears throat> at least in, in white dialect yeah, um, so he, he, find, he finds the land you know. prepares a sacrifice because the gods are starving oh, I need stuff, I'm hungry okay fine, I'll kill a goat Or I, 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 you know, specifics probably killed a bunch of stuff just all the stuff for the gods because they were so hungry and sad um, okay and now, okay, so here's the twist Ninurta, total snitch Ugh. Oh. Stitches get stitches, Ninurta. That's what I say. Uh, Aya, you know, like totally ratted out Aya. He's like, hey, hey, Enlil. Aya told him about it. That's why not everybody died. Because I know you wanted everybody to die. And so Aya was like, oh, yeah, I got receipts, Enlil. Okay, you suck. You shouldn't have to kill everybody. That's unequal justice. You could have just killed some of them. You know? Wolves, plagues, locusts, do the whole nine. You don't have to take them all out. Okay? So, uh, that was the riot act. You know, why kill everyone? You know? So, you know, Enlil knew what a jerk he was. So, poof! Uh, Utnapishtim and his wife were now gods. You know? Because he's like, I done you uh, gods. Boom. Uh, so now, now they're gods. Uh, they have everlasting life. You know, because they alone deserved it. You know, which honestly, ugh, this kind of sounds like some weird eugenic stuff. Like, yikes. <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, ooh, those, oh, so, those so other people. Huh. Okay. Um. Okay. So, um. <clears throat> so now he goes back to dealing with the uh, the whiny Gilgamesh, who just wanted to live forever. And a fun little note is that creationists have a tendency to try to tie this flood story with the biblical flood story and be like what if it was all one big flood but different time periods so it doesn't work and then they're like oh well let's just go away from that particular area of study and, and scene
0: <laughs> well done. well congrats um well, that's going to be hard to follow. Um, I decided to do the uh, Grecian Sled myth, which was kind of as I was doing the research, I realized that um, it's kind of weird how that I picked, is it Ovid, mm-hmm. right? Um, who's a Roman poet, like his interpretation of it. And then I was all right with it because there's a lot of overlap of the Roman and mm-hmm. Greek mythology so as I was reading some of them it's like they use all like the Greek gods but in the Roman one they used all of the Roman gods and their names but the survivors were the same had the same name so I was like we'll just stick with it um so pretty much um Jupiter or Jove uh they use those two names interchangeably uh throughout the um thing what is it called article, not an article, um, I don't know, his writing, um, (laughs) so, uh, pretty much he decides to flood the world to purify it, um, there is a decision, like, between fire and water, but he didn't want to burn the heavens, too, so he just stuck with water, um, And it was pretty much because uh, the Earth was like a gift to humans, and they were offended at how um, like the giants, as they refer to them, were just not okay with their behavior, and they didn't deserve it, so they wanted to purify the world um, and kind of let humankind die. Um, However, there were... Two people that they believed were the purest, and it was um, a husband and his wife. Shocking. Um, (laughs) And so they were told to find this um, place called, uh, I believe it was Parnassus, Mm -hmm. which is described to be the bound of fruitful fields, where the... uh, The bound of fruitful fields were fields they were, but then a field of water did appear, which I thought was weird. But it's kind of like the equivalent of, like, utopia or something like that, if you want to think of it as something. And they didn't have a boat or anything or something to, like, shield them from the water. It was kind of like march to the highest point um, of the land, and that's the area that'll be safe for them. Um, And... So they went on their way and then were kind of upset because they were the only two people left in the world and they could see all the destruction that was left behind when the waters decided to recede back into the ocean and they could see all the death and destruction that happened and were kind of upset that they were the only people left um, alive. And so they prayed to Priya, um, who was also... Um, kind of not okay with what happened and was upset that, like, all life had been removed from the earth. Um, so she gave them pretty much what's called what we would respond to as, like, a riddle um, to them so that they could let humankind and everything grow again. And I have, hmm, I have somewhere here where, uh, I don't remember where it is, but she basically tells them something which then translated into them having to throw uh stones over their shoulders without looking behind. Um and it was something she said about like her bones or something like that, but they were like the stones are her bones, Mother Earth and everything. And throw them over your shoulder and then life will be start begin to create again. And so oh, I didn't even tell you their names. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, where'd they go so I don't know why I I mentioned that because I don't know how to pronounce them but there was a man and a woman and uh, when the man would throw stones behind his uh, back men would appear and same with the woman when she would throw stones behind her back women would appear so it was kind of yeah and pretty much that was kind of the end of the flood or Yeah, was the end of the flood myth um, where life began to create again. So it kind of started out as like an apocalyptic um, situation and then uh, turned into a creation story.
1: That story rocks.
0: Thank you. I'm thinking about writing my own book about it, but...
1: Yeah, real Rolling Stones.
2: (laughs) So what were their names?
0: So it was like... uh, Hmm. The guy started with a D, it's like Diaclon or something. I can't pronounce it.
2: The wife's name would be Priya.
0: Priya. Mm-hmm. Who'd they pray to? Um... Prometheus? No. Mm-mm. They just
2: saw the first god's name in this book and I was it's
1: Prometheus!
0: Yeah, I don't remember, um, but that was my bad.
3: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> oh, I got it backwards. Okay, yeah, so it's like Diacon and Praia were the two survivors, the purest of humankind, and they went to Surferus' brook um, to find an answer to restore the world. How I confuse Surferus and Praia, I don't know.
3: So, yeah. Okay. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the story that I brought is one that is locally relevant. It's um, a story from the Havasupai tribe um, that are located in the Grand Canyon. They're the, the keepers of the blue-green water, or people of the blue-green water. And it's part of their origin story, but it's also tied because Coconino County is actually named after their t- traditional name as known by Hopi, mm-hmm. the Copunino I'm shedding, sorry, um, and so their landscape came all the way up to Flagstaff and to the peaks, so um, that this is the story of this place, and I don't know how many of you have been to Red Butte before, or Red Mountain, it's like, if you're driving out toward the south rim of the Grand Canyon, um, it's off to the left, like, right around where you get to, what's it called? The Nordic Center, Mm -hmm. I think it's just a little bit past that, Um, but it's a great place to hike and it's like walking in an alien landscape. It's the weirdest place I've ever seen, and I love to go out there. Um, And that's a sacred place for them. And I have gotten approval to um, to recite the story, so just so you know. (laughs) You should (laughs) do something where you visit. Um, Yeah, but we can't get that on the recording. We could (laughs) film it. That would be cool. But anyway. So in, in this time period, and there's a lot of different um, frameworks to their origin story because we also can find the connection of the three Arizona Pai peoples coming from the Pai Pai of California. So I'm not talking about that part of it. This is a story of the Havasupai themselves. And so in this time period, in the beginning, um, there were two gods, um, and they were Tochopa, which was a good god, and Hokomata or ho- Hokomata uh, I always make things sound Japanese sometimes, so um, that was a bad god. So you have good and evil. And um they refer to Hokomata as um the devil even, like like our the white man's quote version of the devil. Mm-hmm. And Tochopa had a daughter who he loved with all his heart and everything. is always the story. And um, the human race was supposed to come from her. He was hoping that it would come from her. Um, but one day, he and uh, to, wait, Hoko, Hokomata and Tochopa got in a big fight, big argument, and uh, Hokomata, or Hokomata, however you say it, um, he decided he was going to drown the world. He was like, I'm done with this, sick of you, and we're just going to destroy everything. Mm -hmm. And Tochopa, because he had his daughter that he loved so much, he was just like, uh, crap, what do I do now? So he found um, a hollowed tree, which was a pinion, which is also locally, if you're not familiar with it, um, it's a primary sustenance in this area. It has um, really good uh, pinion nuts, which are very, very high in fat. Crazy high in fat and calories, but which would help people survive um, in this more desert area. And so he found a um, pinion and hollowed it out and put his daughter in it with everything that she would supposedly need, sealed her inside it, and the flood began. Mm-hmm. And now in this, cent- in this story, there's only the one person. It's not male and female or twins or anything like we tend to see in a lot of flood medicine, no husband and wife, it's just her. And so, um, Okomata ends up drowning the world, and she's just kind of floating inside her pinion log, just, you know, waiting for it all to end, and, and she feels herself floating, she feels the movement of the water, and eventually the, the momentum of the water stops, and she feels that she's for the first time still. And so she emerges from her, um, from her pinion tree, and finds herself on dry ground on the very top of Red Butte. Mm-hmm. And so that mountain is seen as um, incredibly sacred because it's the origin of their people. Um, and it's also under threat because it's surrounded by potential for uranium mining and stuff like that. Um, so she emerges on the, the top of Red Butte and is so grateful and sings her praises and just is so thankful for being alive. and then realizes that she's completely alone and the water's gone so now she has to figure out what to do so she's looking around her and she sees all the land that is Coconino County all the land all the way up to the Grand Canyon and deems that their home this is going to be her home this is going to be the home of the people that she creates and so she's just kind of doing what she needs to do to survive and take care of herself and um, one morning Finally, after all the flooding, the sun comes out. And she, again, is so thankful because here is her um, partner. And she is impregnated by the sun and gives birth to a child. Later, she is impregnated by water a second time. And this time, uh, gives birth to her daughter. So women are born of water. Men are born from the sun. And these are the origins of the Havasupai people. Yeah, Yeah. That's cool But I mean in terms of flood myths Why do you suppose we have these Everywhere I mean I know growing up I heard Noah and the only thing that I Really thought much about (coughs) Noah's Story was that I I felt I could Explain why there were no dinosaurs Because obviously they drowned (laughs) Because it wasn't, I was little I didn't know how this whole evolutionary Thing works Um you know, and of course I made an excuse for the Loch Ness monster because he lives in water, so the flood wouldn't have killed him. You know, mm-hmm. so there's that. But why do you suppose we find these myths
1: throughout the world? I think a lot of it just has to do with how much water there is. Okay. Water's water is everywhere, um, <laughs> especially if you get any civilization, any group of civilization. You know, I know that word sometimes, oh, some people go, are civilized? Oh, what civilized? Not okay. that way. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I'm extra touching on myself. Weesh. Anyways, uh, so when any any group kind of lives anywhere near water, a mm-hmm. lot of times there's yeah, a lot of times there's going to be something to do with water, floods, mm-hmm. uh, rivers, uh, to do with their stories. If they live in the smack dab in the middle of a big, big old continent, maybe not quite so much, mm-hmm. but any, the closer you get, I mean, you know, you can't avoid water; it's there, mm-hmm. you know.
2: I, f- I feel like these water myths or these, uh, flood myths are in a way to, like, for these people in their own, um, cultures to explain why things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know not, it seems like not every culture has a flood myth. Only some of them have a flood myth. And they happen in different times and they happen in different places. Seemingly not at the same time Mm -hmm. Um, Which is curious to me because I don't understand why They all didn't happen at the same time, you know coming from a scientific background To me, it doesn't make any sense.
3: Well from that um, scientific background we're looking at um, You know the natural I want to highlight natural climate change Mm -hmm. and that the earth is always changing So you might have a tsunami that you need to explain as a result of an earthquake, or you might just have, I know that there are some stories in some of the Nordic areas where all of a sudden maybe you'd have an area of of water that was frozen just melt really quickly, and then uh, geologically that would flow in, and Mm -hmm. you'd have... I mean, even if this, we're talking centuries after that geologic event happened where you see the the effect of the water on the landscape, the people coming into that area would have to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that ties into the story that, um, of the flood out at Zuni um, and, and Corn Mountain because when you, and, and I'm not trying to uh, reduce or take away from any origin stories or traditional stories, but when you look <coughs> at Um, Corn Mountain, you can see geologically that there are two different layers in the rock face, and it's explained uh, through a flood. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of it is making sense of just what you see around you, but also maybe some calamities that had happened. Um, We know that the the Nile would flood pretty regularly. Mm. Um, We know that many of the rivers, the larger rivers in the United States, would change course based on their flooding and stuff so um and i think that's something that's really hard for us to wrap our minds around in this day and age because so many of our rivers are dammed, so we don't get to see them in their wild natural state if they have water left in them at all
1: oh sorry Um, i was just trying to hold back from making a joke about rivers going to hell sorry because they're damned so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know Tartarus and all that. You know, <laughs> okay.
3: you need your own show. Yeah, I know, just I know. the Brian show. Mm-hmm.
2: But I do think it's interesting that um, in each of the each of the myths that we told, basically the gods that are basically in charge of water mm. pissed off at mankind for being the horrible, selfish people, and they used water to cleanse. Mm-hmm. The entire world, of course, the entire world. As they knew it. As they knew it. Mm -hmm. Our area. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's an interesting um, thing that ties into all of our myths that we told. Mm -hmm. Because they all have a similar premise. The gods were upset. They purified the land with water. Mm -hmm. I
1: think mine's the only one who had a snitch, though. There was a snitch in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are snitches
2: it's... in all of our stories. Yeah, just they kind somewhere. of just avoided or they've mm-hmm. omitted the mm-hmm. snitch. The mm-hmm. snitch isn't important. Mm-hmm. So.
3: But I think a big part of it too, um, and we don't tend to see a lot of it, although sometimes we do in uh, Native American uh, flood myths, is that the theme that people have just been naughty, they've just been really bad, doing the wrong thing, sleeping with the wrong people, whatever, and we need to fix it by killing them all.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that the next generation, that one small group that always makes it, they do better. It's part of that social control again. What are you thinking, Lenny?
0: I don't know. I'm not thinking. Um. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just nodding. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of... It's hard to... Because even just thinking, like, just with the one that I researched, there were so many different interpretations Mm -hmm. of it. And some emphasize more on what the people did to upset the gods and things like that. And then, like, ultimately, I think it's, like, like the gods' wrath Mm -hmm. that they could do. Like, they could take things away, they could give things... And stuff, and it kind of, like, reminds me of, like, when parents or, like, your mom says, like, she brought you into this world. She could take you out, kind of. Oh, so, <laughs> and so I kind of think of it like that, like, the the gods had graced these people with a, a great world or whatever. But for some reason, like, something happened where they're like, we're going to just have to start over. Not necessarily, like, I think to punish somebody, they would still have to be alive afterwards mm-hmm. for, like that punishment to last. Um and so they were kind of just like new slate and
2: were people punished in your myth? No. No. They said were punished in my myth.
0: They said it was like the, the the who was it? Jove flooded the world as a punishment, but it was kind of like if you're killing the people who you want to punish. Are you truly punishing them, or just kind of disposing of them? Mm. Like, mm-hmm.
3: Deep.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that was the interesting thing when I was refreshing my memory slightly um, on on the whole Gilgamesh, uh, you know, uh, adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea that like there was this one god that was so mad about it because it's like this isn't fair, you know, of like, you you don't really hear that too much of like one God talking to another God and say, what, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, I know this is kind of your thing, water, you know, (laughs) it's one of your, one of your, one of your jams, you know, but like, that wasn't cool, dude, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, you don't really see too much of that, I don't think. I think it's usually just like, that's final, Mm -hmm. but this is like, whoa, a little bit of accountability here. So, I just thought that was interesting.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think that's a, a development too that we see as societies become more complex. We hold our leaders more accountable
1: mm-hmm.
3: for, for things rather than accepting that yeah. kind of dictatorial.
1: I think it's just more surprising when leaders hold themselves accountable. It's like, well, one, one leader figure holding another leader figure yeah. accountable is like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought you were there to prop up the system. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Your flood myth was about... I don't remember what your flood myth was about. <laughs> wow, it wasn't that long ago. Her voice, <laughs> no. is, too,
1: her voice is too soothing. That's it's the problem. It's like ASMR. Like calming. I almost
2: fall asleep. No. Uh, from what I was hearing, your myth sounded like it was about, you know, saving someone, like getting them out before this person killed them or hurt them. Uh, that's what you, like... I'm thinking about our myths and how they're all similar, but they're all very different because, Mm. you know, in Nalani's myth, people, you know, lived. In my myth, my two people got turned into dogs because they're disobedient. In your myth, he, you know, sent his daughter off to be safe in another land. And... I was too busy laughing at your oh. myth. They so became actually gods. Remember anything. Yeah, gods. Okay, they yeah. became gods. We all have different outcomes, and to me that's mm-hmm. also very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's the origin of the good boy thing, because they're dogs. They can become dogs, so you get rewarded if you're a good boy.
3: Uh, I just learned the origin <laughs> of hush puppies.
1: Mm. Oh,
3: they're like pancake things? The little They're like little pancake yeah. balls? They're not. Yeah, balls. Yeah. yeah.
1: You can yeah. give them like, yeah. They're that that like very southern.
3: But to use, if you were gonna run out and you wanted to silence the dogs that would mm. be chasing you, throw them at so them. Oh. Hush, running. puppies. I guess that works Annoying. too when you
0: want to like give them to kids. Like, they're just
3: they're entertaining. Yeah, well, anything just little yappers. <laughs> <that> they are. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, that was a tangent. But yeah, um, like the Zuni myth about Corn Mountain and the flood there. That is a flood that happens because people are not living. The way that they need to be they're not being traditional they're not um, abiding by the rules of their society in this uh, egalitarian time period and um, the water serpent whose name is eluding me at the moment um, creates a flood and the only way that they can stop the flood um, they've prayed and they've made all sorts of sacrifices of other various things And um, eventually it is determined that they have to sacrifice the children of one of the priests, a boy and a girl, Mm -hmm. over the cliff, and then the waters stop rising. And apparently the children become watchers over the people in, in terms of stone. They become stone watchers that forever guard Zuni now. Huh. so again that awareness you're not doing the way you should be doing but it wasn't that only two people survived it took two people to end it in that case So
1: mm-hmm.
3: I love looking across cultures and seeing the diversity of the myths because we have them and we might have them like we were looking for the Japanese one and realize that it's probably because we were thinking of the Chinese one and it just kind of has evolved and moved as people have moved yeah. So, um, you know, it's fascinating to see how they change over time depending on the location. And what kind of myths will there be in another thousand years about maybe the most recent tsunamis in, in Japan?
2: Well, or, I could cover that real fast. Just hmm? a quick little... Well, so the myth behind tsunamis and earthquake in Japan uh, revolve around this enormous catfish that lives under Japan. And... His name is Namazu. And he has a water deity that I never remember the name of, so I apologize. But he's got a water or river god that sits on his back with a stone. And he meditates all day long and all year long, every second of the day. And when this god, when this god gets a little lazy or a little tired and decides to rest for a moment, Namazu starts swimming violently and he causes earthquakes all over japan Mm -hmm. and as those earthquakes happen it also sends tsunamis into japan and it's the way they have explained why they get tsunamis and earthquakes oh namazu's angry Mm -hmm. well recently they also found out that recently being like seven ten years ago Mm -hmm. so not recent at all they have found out that, or Japanese scientists have found out that catfish in tanks, along with a lot of other animals, will actually start moving very violently right before an earthquake occurs. Hmm. And they can actually use this information to determine when an earthquake is, but they don't know how to use this information to evade earthquakes yet, but they're hoping that someday they can. So I think it's really interesting that they found that catfish swim violently before earthquakes and the myth of Namazu under Japan who swims violently causing the earthquakes and tsunamis.
1: some correlation there. It is very interesting. Maybe some people saw some catfish freaking out,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and that, maybe that's
1: part of it. Right, maybe. I
3: mean, you're talking about human beings and we're pretty observant. If something weird is going on in nature that stands out, We're gonna take note of it, especially if something like fish, oh yeah, freaking out. And I know that in the gosh, I want to say I don't remember what year exactly, like around nineteen ten, maybe, maybe I'm way off. You're not
1: that old. Thank
3: you, (laughs) (laughs) well, you said I'm getting grandmaged, so I don't know. Okay. So screw you. But and then (laughs) aside from that. Um, There used to be this scientist here in the United States, I think, maybe England, I don't know, it's all blurry, I'm tired, it's Friday, but um, who tried to um, create the first, basically like thermometer slash weather predictor using leeches, and he had this really interesting giant complex glass thing that You know, he supposedly would watch the leeches and where they would move in there would determine whether it was going to rain that day and all these weird things. So it's just really interesting to think about all the different ways we try to anticipate via animals or what's going on around us. Not always the best,
2: but, you know.
1: Yeah, if the dogs are warning you, that means they're being a good boy and that means they're fulfilling their destiny.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or something else I remember is um, something animals do, like a couple days before an earthquake or a tsunami. Mm -hmm. And I heard of this in the exact same thing about the scientists and the catfish. Um, Animals will start heading inland Mm -hmm. for, to human beings who are unaware for seemingly no reason. They're like, oh look, all the animals are gone. It's so peaceful and quiet. And then they get crushed to death by buildings and tsunamis. Um, Anywho, um, point being, something animals do is animals are very in tune with the earth and as soon as they start rushing in lint you should probably take no like should I be moving up the mountain too hmm or oh, those
3: woolly caterpillars they supposedly are determining a colder winter I don't
2: know you you sound it sounds like you're describing a caterpillar as big as a table because you said woolly no they're just furry, <laughs> they're just furry <laughs> I'm thinking woolly mammoth <laughs> and, then it has that. and you're oh, saying woolly caterpillar. So I'm the imagining thing. it like this. Yeah.
1: Big. You can't forget about that groundhog. My that groundhog. groundhog. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. So many different versions of. That's another thing we could do one time. The different versions of Groundhog's Day.
1: Yeah. Around the world. I'm my favorite's the one with Bill Murray, of course. <laughs> you know, Michael Shannon is in that movie. I didn't realize it until I saw it recently. I'm like, Michael Shannon. One of my favorite actors.
3: Anyway, is there anything else that you wanted to discuss in terms of the flood myths? Everybody's looking at me. Yeah, uh, I know. N- yeah no, I'm you're good. the one who hasn't talked in a
0: while. <laughs> um, yeah, No. I think that was pretty good. I think, I recommend to anybody who's listening to this, like, go and actually read the stories. Yes, they're um, very interesting. Yeah, they're, yeah. like, so detailed and really interesting. Like, I know, especially with mine, like, <laughs> I even wrote a five-page paper for you about it and still didn't cover everything. So, it was kind of like, there's so much mm-hmm. to, like, pick out from the stories and elaborate on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the topic of floods, Sorry. But on the topic of floods, I mean, there is the recent uh, lyric from uh, Lizzo, a uh, oh, wow. popular recording art- artist, I like mm-hmm. my water wet. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure what deep, uh, what deep levels she was working on there, huh. but it, it struck me as quite profound because I do believe that water is indeed wet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Unless it's ice, but then if it's ice, is it
1: water? It may have been a sexual thing. I'm not sure. It's, it's pop music.
0: I guess it's all about interpretation. Mm-hmm. If you guys it always is. It's fine.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, well, I think before we go, we should all introduce ourselves because we never did that at the beginning. Go mm. for it. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Eloisa. I'm the strange Japanophile who talked about the Aztec
1: myth. Hi, I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm the cute one. I talked a little bit about Gilgamesh. Yeah.
0: I'm Nalani. And I'm Lisa. Yeah. (laughs) See you next week.
2: Bye-bye. Or whenever. I don't think
0: we do.